Hello, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 466. And as you can hear, I'm not recording this with my phone. I'm literally back to my normal recording equipment, which is why I sound different, a.k.a. much, much better. <laughs> I'm back, my friends. And uh, how can I put this? I've noticed, and I'm pretty sure you've noticed, that if you really think about it, everything that happens around you, you can draw a life lesson from pretty much anything that happens to you, right? I remember when I was younger, I got cheated on. I was a young man. It was the first time I had gotten cheated on of the two, I think of the three times that have happened in my life up until now. And it was the first time it had happened. And I had never had that happened before. It was horrible. It was an incredibly bad feeling. I was embarrassed, even though nobody knew about it. I was humiliated, even though nobody knew about it. I felt like crap and I thought I was crushed and I thought I'd never be able to get over it. And that's how it felt for a week, a month, two months, three months, four months, five months. Well, it's not that bad anymore. You know, six months and you know, Right. Seven, eight, nine months, 10 months, 11 months, a year later. I was like, eh, who cares? Right. And what did that teach me? Te- taught me that even if you really care for somebody, even if you think you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, even if you're completely invested in somebody, if they rip your heart out, metaphorically speaking, you will be OK. At the time, you don't think you're going to be OK, but you will be OK if you've ever had surgery. And I've had a yeah, one that yeah, surgery. Yeah, I've had surgery, not a lot, just one. I think I've maybe one surgery. Right after you have surgery, I had surgery on my foot because I stepped on a nail. No, I'm sorry, I stepped on a needle. And they had to actually go in and cut the needle out of my foot. Right after the surgery, I had a boot on my foot. I was walking with a crutch, and that crap hurt. It hurt, 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 hurt. Now, what the thing that you realize is, yes, it hurt because the needle was in your foot. The doctor literally had to go cut into your foot because the needle just went straight in. He, he had to cut into the foot and dig it out, which is even a bigger injury than the needle being in your foot. Obviously, you have to take it out so you don't get infected and lose your whole leg, but you get the point. And you now know, having had surgery, hey, man, you can survive surgery. You, you know, your foot's back to normal. You don't have the, your foot's not infected. The pain is gone. You learn you can survive that. You learn these things. And you can pull life lessons from just about everything in your life or everything that you see. I remember when I was younger, and I know you can relate to this in some way. I was watching a sporting event and one of my favorite teams was playing and they were getting their behinds whipped, not whipped, whipped. They were getting crushed. I forgot what the score was, but at halftime, it was one of those games where if you were actually at the game, even if it was your favorite team, even if you made a special occasion, even if you spent extra money to get to this game, even if you got a hotel room, you would be getting the hell out of there at halftime. And I'm watching it on TV and I'm going, oh man, they're getting killed. This sucks. This blows. This stinks. And at the time, some bad things were happening to me, too. And I was thinking about how whatever I was going through at the time was not going to turn out well because it was going very, very badly. And I'm watching this football game and this football game was basically a metaphor for what was going on with me at the time. Insurmountable obstacles, I thought. As the team was coming back out of the locker room, 
They had a camera in there and they were showing one of the leaders of the team stand in front of the team. Everybody sitting there with their heads down. Even the coach was bummed out. Even the coach, even his speech was, hey, guys, you know, uh, get another half of football out there. Uh, That's how we sound. The coach was the coach was trying. He just he wasn't even convinced himself that they had a chance. But one of the players was mad. Now, I don't remember. I don't remember whether or not he had gotten blown out by this team in the past or maybe he was part of that team in the past and got traded. I don't remember what it was. But whatever it was, he stood up and he went nuts. Mother's Jazz is that cursing and not just, and they believe it. Beep, 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 beep. And maybe he's pointing at people and then you need to this, do that, do that. And you needed it. And you can see the people were kind of getting juiced up and they were getting fired up and they were getting pumped up. And after he went through all his tirade, and this only took about 15, 20, 30 seconds at the most, they're all jumping up and down, rah, going crazy, banging into each other, all pumped up like, like, you know, like, like you're, they're at a, a slam dance in the, back in the nineties or eighties or whatever. And they're ready to go. And they come tearing out of the tunnel and you can see the body language of the other team it was very it was the kind of body language where the team that was ahead was looking at them as if to say <laughs> i don't know what you idiots said back there but that's not going to help you we're going to finish you off we're going to beat you down we're going to beat you down and the team that was behind started playing with the kind of energy that they should have started the game with. When they would tackle a guy, wow, he didn't get any more yards. And they sacked the quarterback. And when, he, when the, the, the quarterback threw to the receiver, the ball was batted down. A couple of times it was intercepted. One time it was taken back for a pick six. And they just beat the crap out of this team all through the third quarter. And the next thing you know, they're within striking range. Ooh. Within. Striking range. Ooh. Fourth quarter comes around and they just keep pounding them. And a game they were getting blown out in was a game they won by a gazillion points, which is in the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. They were absolutely smoking that other team. Smoking them, I say. And as I sat there watching the game, I started to think, wait a minute, if these guys can come back from that, and if something bad happens to me, if I work hard enough and in a lot of cases, in a lot of situations, I can make a turnaround like that, too, because nobody in that stadium, even their fans, believe that they can make that turnaround and win that game. But they did. And imagine how good they felt on the bus on the way home and a plane on the way home with everybody doubting them, the commentators doubting them, their own fans doubting them, the other team laughing at them, the other team's fans mocking them. And they, the doubters, are sitting there miserable. And they, the people who were doubted and mocked, are celebrating the fruits of victory. And with that being said, I applied that kind of logic to my specific situation, which shall remain nameless. And I worked my behind off. I gave everything I had and nobody believed I could accomplish that specific thing. And just like that football team, boom, I was victorious. And I knew in some ways how that team felt because I had pulled victory out of the jaws of defeat just like they did. Because sometimes what's in front of you is an obstacle and sometimes it's a speed bump and you don't know until you actually try to approach it. You actually try to drive through it. You actually try to push through it. You don't know what it is. You think it's one thing and it's not that thing.
I've been going to the gym, you know, to try to get myself back in shape and I've lost some weight and I've gotten stronger, blah, 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 blah. But I do know that at the gym, the gym in many cases is not an obstacle. It's a speed bump. You think it's an obstacle. I have to lose X amount of weight and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Oh, man. And it is going to be difficult and it's going to be hard. But is it an obstacle or is it a speed bump? You know what the goal is. You want to look a certain way, feel a certain way. You want to have your doctor say a certain thing. You're doing great, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. You're doing fantastic. You lost the weight or you increased your fitness. Your blood tests look like this, that, blah, 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 blah. You're looking for that's what you want. But to get there. You got to eat a certain way, drink a certain amount of this, got to go to the gym or work out at home a certain amount of times. You got to do these things. And it seems like it's difficult. Oh, it looks like an obstacle. Oh. But what I found out is once you begin the process, what looks like an obstacle is really merely a speed bump. I know from personal experience Because I can do an hour of cardio straight through now, but not in the beginning, not in the beginning. And I remembered what it was like when I was younger and I was actually in Bruce Lee shape, not martial artist shape. I mean, I was like in really great shape at one point and I want to get there again and I will get there again. But I remember what it was like getting on the stair machine the first time. Oh, I remember what it was like to step on that stair machine and I'm thinking, ah, I'll probably do a quick half an hour and then I'll jump off, you know, just to get it warmed up. But get back. I got through about three and a half minutes and it would felt like somebody beat me with a bag of water. That's what it felt like. Oh, sweaty, tired, beat up. Oh, it sucked. I can't do it. This is a huge obstacle. Oh, I can't make it. That's what I thought. But the next time I come back to the gym, I get on the gym and I'm working. And I, and I in my mind, I have the, the minutes, three minutes. That's what I'm thinking, three minutes. So mentally, I'm telling myself, you can't do three minutes, punk. You can't handle three minutes. As soon as you get there, three minutes, you might as well just stop because you can't take it, you punk. That's what I thought. But I got distracted by something on TV. And I looked down and I was at seven and a half minutes. Wait, that ain't three. Hey, but it still felt like crap because even though I was was tired and sweaty and everything, I was still going. And I realized that that three minute thing was was a speed bump, not an obstacle because I'm at eight minutes now. Huh. But I'm starting to feel it. And I look down. Well, eight's almost ten. No matter what, I'm going to force myself to ten minutes. Got to get to ten minutes. Got to get to ten minutes. Got to get to ten minutes. Is it ten minutes yet? No, it's eight minutes and seven seconds. Oh, crap. I look back up at the TV screen. And the sex symbol of whatever time that was back then. A sex symbol is on the screen. And I'm going, man, I would love to be dating a woman as delicious as that woman on the screen. And they're showing a movie scene where she's running around in a bikini. And I'm standing there trying not to drool down my shirt. And I look back down. It's nine minutes and 52 seconds. Eight seconds. And it'll be ten minutes. Oh, this is fantastic. And the mental block came in. Oh, I started to get tired. Ooh, I was more out of breath than I really was a couple seconds ago. Uh, and I'm forcing and forcing and forcing. It's now 12 minutes. Wait a minute. If I can do 12, I can do 15, right? I don't know. Eventually, I got up to about 20 minutes. 
before my body went, listen, um, we're done here. But I thought my obstacle was three minutes. And it was merely a speed bump because I got to 20 minutes. And that was back then. But now that I'm working out again, getting myself back in shape, I remember that. I remember that moment. I remember what it felt like when I thought that I couldn't do any more. When I thought I was tired. When I thought it was going to be too difficult. I remember that feeling. And when that feeling hit me again, I knew that specific feeling was a speed bump. And it was not an obstacle. So I drove over the same way you drive over a speed bump. And kept on going. You've had obstacles. I know you've had obstacles. You've probably had a relationship with a somebody you wanted to be your significant other, and it seemed like it was going to be difficult. Maybe this person had standards. They wanted you to be a certain way. Nothing that changes who you are as a person, but maybe you're not the best person at keeping jobs, and she wants to build a life with someone, and all she asks you to do, she likes everything about you. She just wants you to find a job that you like, find a career, focus on it so you can build a family. And that may seem like an obstacle, but is it really an obstacle or is it a speed bump? Because it's going to be difficult going to work every day. It's difficult for everybody to go to work every day. But all she asks you to do is that. Is it an obstacle or is it a speed bump? And in most cases, something like that is a speed bump. She wants to have a kid with you or kids with you. Of course, you got to hold on to a job and have a career. That's not asking too much. She likes everything else about you. She just wants you. It's a speed bump. But there are relationships that are not speed bumps and the object of your affection could be behind an actual obstacle. Hmm. I know what that's like. And you know what that's like. Maybe you see a woman and you think she's awesome and you're like, man, that woman's delicious and she seems like a sweetheart. I'm going to ask this lady out and I'm going to date her and you ask her out. And before you even get to ask out, she already grabbed your phone and put a phone number in your phone. And she actually gave you a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> this is going to be great. She's a beautiful, delicious sweetheart of a woman and I'm going to date her and then we're going to do something nice with each other other and then we're going to become boyfriend and girlfriend and we're going to get married and we're going to have some babies this is going to be great that's what you're thinking you don't even know there's an obstacle or a speed bump you don't see anything it's going to be smooth sailing or is it you show up at a house you're trying to be Captain Traditional because she seems like a sweet lady. You bring us some roses. She says the roses are great and fantastic. You go into the house. You're not going to try anything. This is your first date. Don't be a pig. But she trusts you enough to come into the house. That's a good vibe. You walk into the house. It's fantastic. You're having a good time. She says she's going upstairs to get ready. She goes upstairs to get ready. And a rock comes through the window. Oh, man. I can't believe that those daggone kids did that, but that's okay. I'm going to help her. But hey, uh, you say a name. She says, oh, my God. Oh. She's a little more upset by the rock coming through the window than you thought. I mean, I know it's upsetting to have your window busted, but, you know, it's just some idiot kids or some pranksters or something. We'll just tape up the window and then we'll go on the date or we'll cancel the date, whatever you want to do when you realize, no, it's not pranksters. It's her jealous ex. Right now, do you want to fight her jealous ex 
This is your first date. This is not like she's your girlfriend or your wife where you feel completely responsible for her. Do you really want to fight this guy who literally threw a brick through the window? Do you want to fight this guy? You might have no choice but to fight this guy, right? She says, sit right here. I'm going to go talk to him. I said, is it safe to go talk to him? That's what you're thinking. And she goes outside and you realize he's not actually going to hit her. He wants to hit you. Right. He pushes past her and he comes up to you when he starts talking all sorts of crap. I'm going to do this, that, this, that, that. That's my woman. I'm not your woman, Frank. Well, this guy's in the way. He's trying to stop our love. We broke up two years ago. Get away from me. And he's sitting there and you're looking at him. Am I actually going to get into a fight? With this dude, I mean, I literally just met this lady. I've, I've, I've had two hugs and two kisses on the cheek, and I bought these roses. I mean, I, what is this? I mean, I, I mean, if he attacks me, I'm gonna whoop his ass or try to whoop his ass. But I don't even. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? And he looks at you, and you're looking at him, and he's looking at you, and you're looking at him, and you're going, "Am I gonna have to fight this guy? I don't want to do this, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm gonna have to defend myself." She calms him down, walks him outside, and you can hear them yelling, and you, but you don't get a sense that she's in danger. But you go to the door, and you're looking out, and he's animated, but she doesn't even look like she's afraid at all, and you're ready to pounce if you have to, and he goes away. Huh. Wow. You you still haven't figured out whether this is an obstacle or a speed bump because you've been in the situation before where the jealous ex shows up and she just talks to him and he just kind of gets all huffy and puffy and just goes away and he's mad but he doesn't come back. I'll never talk to you again. I can't believe you moved on so fast. That kind of thing. It's been two years, Frank. It's still fast. And then he goes away. Sometimes Sometimes they go away. You go out with her. Everything's going great. You don't see that guy again, right? You get to the point in the relationship where you and her boom, boom, jiggy, jiggy, boom, the boom, jiggy, jiggy, if you understand what I'm saying, right? She wants you to meet her father and her brothers. And you find out how overprotective her father is because you come to the house. You think you're coming for dinner and you are coming for dinner, but he's cleaning his guns on the table. And there's no reason for a guy to be cleaning all five of his guns at the same time while never leaving eye, losing eye contact with you and never changing the expression on his face. Right. And everything that comes out of his mouth is him talking about how he's gutting animals and shooting animals, right? Animals that don't know how to, that don't know how to behave and how he guts them and shoots them and guts them and how easy it is to hide a body, all sorts of crap like that. And at first you're thinking he's trying to be overprotective and he's trying to scare you a little bit, but you realize that you get the feeling that he's not kidding, right? talking about how he has these friends with the butchers and he that they don't care what kind of meat they cut up and they're going what the hell is this the crap is this cleaning his guns right her brother who's who's just about to go who's come visiting from college he walks out he's got a karate gi on and he's breaking boards in the living room talking about oh i'm just practicing for if anybody so just in case somebody don't know how to act and as you got the father over there cleaning his guns and you got bruce lee jr over there breaking boards over there and you're going what the hell is this is this an obstacle or is this a speed bump? I'm starting to think this is an obstacle. That's what you're thinking because he's going to shoot people and the other guy's going to give you the old chop to the throat and all of that crap. 
And then a brick comes through the window because a guy changed his mind and came back and they're going, I'm easy. I'm going to have to shoot him first. Then. No, let me chop him first. Then. I'll chop him and then you shoot him. And you're going, uh, ha, ha, ha. and you realize you don't want to deal with these three people. She's a fantastic lady, but she ain't worth getting chopped, shot and hit with a brick. Because sometimes it's not a speed bump. Sometimes it actually is an obstacle. But as I've previously stated, until you actually drive up to it, metaphorically speaking, or walk up to it, metaphorically speaking, and have an idea what it actually is, you don't know. You don't know. Like at the gym, you don't know what you can push through until you push through it. You don't know if this particular human being to date is worth it unless you at least investigate them a little bit. And when that brick comes through the window and when a dad's cleaning his guns and when a brother walks out chopping all the furniture, you realize it's not a speed bump, it's an obstacle. Being with her is an obstacle. It's just not worth it. You just met her. You're not willing to get brick chopped and shot. Heck no. Sometimes the thing you want is behind the brick chop and shot. You got to make it a point to just tell yourself it's not worth it anymore. But as we know in life, most things are speed bumps, not obstacles, okay? So if you investigate and you want something really badly, you really want that thing, and you see it's a speed bump, drive over that bastard and go get that thing you want. And if you do the investigation and realize it's an obstacle, it's a brick, a chopper, a shot, and whatever you're wanting to do ain't worth getting brick, chopped, or shot, because nothing's worth getting brick, chopped, or shot. Then it'll be time to just back off and try something else. You dig? Cool. Here's something I'd like to say. This episode's over. <laughs> Do me a favor, my friends, if you love this show, and you do, do me a favor, rate and review this podcast on whatever the podcast player you're on. Subscribe to this show, my friends. I would really, really appreciate it. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this show. S. Anthony says, if you see my stuff on social media, first of all, just Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, you'll see all my social media. I'm on damn near everything. I'm on X and Instagram and threads and all of that crap and Facebook and quadruple book and all of that crap. Wherever I am, get your butt over there and follow me, Dagnabbit. And when you see me post some social media crap, do me a favor. Re-exit, re-blog it, re-whatever it. And if you see me put on some crap to promote this podcast or my other podcast, the Yes Anthony Thomas Show, which I also recommend you listen to. If you see any of that crap, reblog it, repost it, and all of that crap, okay? And if you're listening on Spotify or any of those things, follow this podcast. I would really appreciate it, you bastards. Because there's no obstacle in front of you spreading the word about this podcast and subscribing. There's not even a speed bump. It's just a couple of movements of your thumb. You dig... And I would appreciate it, my friends. Much love to you all. May your life be full of nothing but speed bumps instead of obstacles. Or better yet, no speed bumps and no obstacles. 
but that's unrealistic. There's at least going to be speed bumps, damn it. <laughs> Much love to you all, my friends, and I will see you again next time. Take care.